Hi, we are back with another episode. This is Z. And this is Amy. And you're listening to Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. Just like all our cases, most of our cases at least, the content for this one is going to be very hard to stomach through at certain points. And I'm letting you know that this, like, is going to be happening. (laughs) That way you can either put on your big girl panties, big boy panties, and, you know, come in along for the ride with us. Or you can back out if you really feel like that. Um, It is a doozy from the very second that we start. So... Amy, do we have anything else before we start? No, I will say this is one of the tougher cases we've covered in a while. I feel like we've done some lighter things. Scared. But I'm ready to dive in. So let's just, Uh, let's hit it. Final warning. If you need to back out, back out. Okay? Come on. Don't back out. Just stay here. Yeah, come on. We tried to make it not so... Yes. You know, I yes, I I personally can't just really dive into some of the more gruesome, gruesome details. So I left those out for all of us, for your sake, for my sake, for everybody's sake. But either way, we're going to get started today on our timeline with Fred West. Oh, because today we are talking about Fred and Rosemary West. I don't think we said that, but that's what that's who we're talking about. We didn't. But hopefully you listened to the homework episode. And if you didn't head on back and listen to that doesn't talk much about the case, but get ready. You're about to learn a lot about yes. Fred and so, Rosemary West. Let's start right. with Fred. Here we go. Fred was born in 1941 into a family of six children, which I feel like at that point in time is like pretty norm. I feel like now if you hear like, oh, they have six kids, it's like a lot, but then like super normal. But unfortunately, this was a very abusive home, both physically and sexually. He claimed his father had sexual relationships with his daughters and taught him about bestiality. Gross. So already we're kicking it off the bat just in a real positive note. We literally warned you, though. Like we literally said. But yeah, the bestiality thing is always too much. Um, I mean, the sexual abuse, I don't I don't love, obviously. Mm -mm. The bestiality, I'm like, God, that's just like sprinkles on top. Oh, yeah. I love how I glossed over the fact that he had sex with his daughters and stuff and was like, those poor animals. No, those poor (laughs) kids, too. Just in general. This is for everybody in this whole family. It's awful. Family acquaintances and neighbors also suspected that Fred's mother had started sexually abusing him when he was 12, though he never admitted to it and it's never been confirmed. There are very similar stories to things about his father. A lot of like speculation and not necessarily stuff that's being released by Fred or like being confirmed. Regardless, Fred and his mother were very close, which with or without those stories or confirmations, you know, ew. to the point where she would show up at school when he was punished for behavior or academic issues and she would yell at the teachers. I mean, I know if you've listened to our parenting episodes, like, I'm kind of like as helicopter mom as it gets, but I'm not sure I'd go to school and yell at my kids' parents, my kids' teachers. Like, that would not be my thing. 
I don't know. I always kind of wished when I was growing up that my parents would have stuck up for me a little bit more with teachers. Now it's like the opposite. So don't do that. They have enough Karens. They have enough people on their ass. Like I know so many school teachers and like they say the worst part about it is the parents and stuff. But I'm just saying like I didn't grow up in the 40s, but I, I bet that this was uh, pretty, pretty abnormal. It seems like they just had like a weird relationship in general, like a Stockholm kind of. Right. Which actually, if there was like a lot of abuse going on from the father's end of things, like makes perfect sense if they like turned to each other, which still not okay. But like, you know, the psychology behind it, like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense, but it's not, it wasn't a good situation. It wasn't a healthy relationship and she's intervening at school. There's potential that they're in a relationship other than mother, son, not great, but no surprise. Fred dropped out of school at 15, even though he was almost illiterate, and he then got a job as a farmhand. When he was 16, he started to become a little bit more good-looking and more attractive to girls. At the age of 17, he was in a motorcycle accident that put him in a coma for a week. It led to him having a metal plate put in his head and the breaking of his legs so badly that one of them was permanently shorter than the other. Afterward, he got a bad temper and often had violent bursts of anger. Now, bum, Z, bum, bum. right, you know how I feel about head injuries in the past, right? Like, I we mean, talk a lot about this. There is something about brain trauma and accidents like this that just mess a person up. It's serious. So, two years later, Fred hurt his head again. This time was because he stuck his hand up a girl's skirt and she pushed him down a fire escape. Which, Good on her. I mean... Thank you, sister, for doing that. But also, like, get your hands out of people's pants. That's not where it belongs. So not super unless, great for the old Unless Morgan. they said yes. If they said yes, right. put your hands in whoever's pants <laughs> that you have consensual agreement with. Absolutely. You know, we're not here to shame you and tell you not to put your hands in people's pants or your no, own dude. pants. Right, exactly. Consensual hand pants. But she said no. But yeah, she was she like, no thanks. No. So and much to the extent. That she shoved him down a fire escape, which, Good for her. all right, yes. he said no. When he was 19, he was convicted of molesting a 13-year-old girl, and he didn't serve any jail time because the doctor said he suffered from epileptic fits. Epilepsy does not excuse molestation, everyone. Just let's be clear on that. And he was 19, and she was 13, so this is not only... Um, this is sagittory rape as well. Like, right. of course, it was, it was rape either way, but this is like... Uh, Right. She's a child. You're, I mean, a, a grown up. I feel like 19 is hard to say you're a grown up, but in the fifties, uh, in the fifties, you true. were a grown up at 19. That's true. Afterwards, he was sent to live with his sister and was practically disowned by the rest of his family until he was 21, which seems really odd that like, it's just like this weird three year stint that he was like, you're dead to me, but only for three years. <laughs> what is it that Amish, they, they do like the shunning? Oh, it's yeah. It's like a shunning, like you have three years of penance and then you can come back, which again is also strange. I can't imagine not talking to my children for three years. I don't understand when people disown their, their kids. My child's also not Fred West, so I don't really know that I can say much. I also don't have an abusive relationship with my children. So I don't know. It, there's a lot of, of weird things that are actually happening here. Regardless of our own thoughts, he moved back to his hometown to be near his family, where he resumed a romantic relationship with an ex-girlfriend named Catherine Reina Costello. She was a petty thief, so she's a real 
bring home to mom type. And they first dated and then moved on to prostitution. Dude. Yeah, he would prostitute her out. Or maybe they, maybe, like essentially, I think so, yeah. Or maybe it was more of a consensual type thing, um, but maybe it wasn't. You'll see that he had a very similar uh, relationship business opportunity thing going on with Rosemary as well once we get to her that, yeah, this seems to be his MO that whoever he's with also must be into prostitution. He likes to watch. Oh, cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. So Raina was actually already pregnant with another man's baby. They got married and they ended up keeping that child. Now this is where it gets slightly confusing. Fred and Raina um, had written home to her parents to say that the baby had died in childbirth and that her child a girl named Charmaine Carroll was adopted. It sounds really confusing, but the child was of a di- like was biracial, so a different race than Fred, and therefore it would have been obvious that he wasn't the biological child, so they made up this weird story to make it sound like they really adopted the child when in actuality it was her child. He just wasn't the father, but he knew that already, so I'm not really sure why he wouldn't just be like, "Yeah, I'm not the father." Maybe they were just trying to save face. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. Seems like a lot of a confusing story to just save it face. It does. But I yeah. Don't, I, one of I the, mean, one I, of the many I, things I, I don't understand about Fred West. If so. you were okay with getting with somebody who was carrying another person's child, then like, I mean, why are you going to be embarrassed to tell people? Then just don't be with them. You know, like. Right. If, that, and that, if that's a deal breaker that you have to lie about to people, then like. Well, and why, I'm assuming. Why do it? They didn't know about the prostitution. So, like, if you're a prostitute, there are chances that you can also get pregnant with somebody else's baby. So, lots of questions here, Fred. Waiting for answers. They married in November, only two months after getting back together, and moved to Scotland together. The couple had a child of their own on July in July of 1964, a daughter, and they named her Anne-Marie. During their rocky marriage, apparently he was sexually abusive to her, which is not a shock. Uh, Fred worked as an ice cream truck driver, which makes me not want to ever let my kids go to an ice cream truck. Like, I think it's so horrible. Where he had access to plenty of available young women, their life in Scotland came to an end when Fred accidentally ran over a four-year-old boy with his truck. Can you imagine? And kids are so excited for the ice cream truck. When you get run over, it's just horrible. <gasps> I didn't even realize when I was doing the research that it was his ice cream truck he ran. Yeah. That That's so horrible. Because clearly he wasn't in it for, like, the enjoyment of children. Well, maybe he was, but in his own way. It's gross. <sighs> Though the accident wasn't his fault, Fred moved with his family to Gloucestershire, where he got a job at a slaughterhouse, which just like the that stereotypical jobs are just like getting getting weirder and weirder. When his marriage finally collapsed, Rena went back to Scotland alone, but came back in July of 1966 because she missed her daughter, only to discover that Fred had started a relationship with their nanny. In 1967, the nanny became pregnant with Fred's child and tried to get him to divorce Raina. So right now the marriage is still rocky. They're just like not living together, which, okay. In response, he killed, dismembered, and buried the nanny, which was logical. I mean, mean, totally normal response. 
you're not divorcing. You asked me for a divorce. I'm going to so kill you. Chop you up into pieces. Cool. Especially since this woman was carrying one of his children. So, like, not only did he murder her, but also their unborn child, which, great. Sounds amazing. Here's the kicker. She left their children with him. I don't understand why anybody would leave their children with somebody like that. It makes me so angry. Like, kids in general deserve to grow up in a loving home and not with this piece of shit human being. I can't imagine why she would have just like, especially after coming back and seeing that he started a relationship with the nanny, like, is he actually taking care of the children? Are they based? Are they well-fed? Are they being like, I don't know. Are they, I, I know education isn't the tip top, you know, end all be all, but Fred was illiterate. Are, are they, are they in school? Are they learning how to contribute into society? And like, did she not know that he murdered the fucking nanny and like the sexual abuse that she suffered at his hands during her marriage? marriage that just that wasn't enough for her to make like when she headed out she just she didn't take her little girls with her like I mean you're a sicko you can be a sicko with little girls and little boys right but it seemed like women in general and it is you will see that women in general are Fred's things he doesn't seem to mess with the with the boys or the boy children um so why would you leave your little girls behind like I have just so many emotions over this this one fact like a lot of facts in this case but in this fact in particular it just it makes me so mad about women who are in abusive relationships they're enduring all of this abuse and then they just try and run and go but yeah i'm with you i don't know that i could leave i don't i know well i will i will say right now if this was a decision i had to make today i'm not going to leave my children if but she I, was yeah. able to leave then she should have tried to leave with her kids Right. That's right. that's my opinion. I yeah, I would be shoving my kid out the door while I got axed in the back, you know, right. screaming, run, run. Right. You know? Get as far away as you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, yeah, we don't know the details, though. You're right. Um, I know that and financially, I also know that kids are a commitment and stuff. It's just like it's so hard to see that. She just didn't do, every, in my personal opinion, she didn't do everything she could have for those kids, you know? Agreed. But also, and I'm thinking about like the nanny as well, Fred and Raina and the whole story being made up about this child died and this isn't the same child. Like there's just seems to be a lot of like mental instability happening. It seems to be pretty consistent across the board. Like that's kind of their MO. It just, yeah, bad decisions all the way around. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Fred was suspected to have killed again in January of 1968 when 15-year-old Mary Baffleholm disappeared from a bus stop. After the death of his mother in February, Fred started committing a lot of petty thefts and changed jobs a lot. It was during a stint as a bakery truck driver that he met his future wife and accomplice, Rosemary Letts. Rosemary was born in England in 1953. Her household was troubled and abusive. Her life is really mirrored to Fred. So it's a lot of like the same stuff. Um, her father, Bill, was a schizophrenic who constantly disciplined her, which nothing wrong with discipline, but I feel like the way that he did it was extremely abusive. Um, her siblings and her mother, Daisy, were also constantly like he just really had like a heavy thumb on them. You know, you, the point where you couldn't like breathe in the room without, I guess, getting slapped across the face. Um, 
while her mom, Daisy, was pregnant with Rosemary, Daisy received electroconvulsive therapy as treatment for severe depression. And again, okay, so remember, this is in the early 50s. And I grabbed a definition for us because uh, this sounds like electroshock therapy to me. Um, And I know that that's like not good. Right. Or I know that they've done things differently now because as I was looking this up, this is something that still goes on today. Electroconvulsive therapy. But apparently it's a it's a lot safer now. It is a procedure done under general anesthesia in which small electrical currents are passed through the brain, intentionally triggering a brief seizure. It seems to cause changes in brain chemistry that can quickly reverse symptoms of mental health conditions. And a lot of the stigma attached to it is based on early treatments in which high doses of electricity were administered without anesthesia, leading to memory loss, fractured bones, and other serious side effects. That's a procedure. That's very frightening. Anytime you're shocking the body, Uh, this electrotherapy seems very fucking scary. Like, it seems very, very scary. That, to me, seems like last resort, this person's dying. And it, she was using it for treatment for super, severe depression, which is also serious. Yes. But are there other things you could do first? And she was, we could have. Yeah, she was pregnant at the time, too, which doesn't mean that she, you know, wasn't suffering and she still sure. didn't need help. I mean, her life is just as valuable as her baby's life. But right. at the same point in time, it just, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so growing up, Rosemary was sexually abused by her father because she wasn't very bright and she was a bit overweight. She was often teased and responded by attacking her bullies aggressively. When she was a teenager, she became more sexually active and was even caught getting into bed with one of her younger brothers and sexually fondling him. Her figure and her father's rules were said to prevent her from dating boys her own age. And I say said to because I think that that's bullshit. People love in all shape and sizes no matter age. And, like, don't forget that. You know, like, let's, you know. But anyways, a lot of the sources that I saw said that that was why she dated older men so she pursued relationships with older men where she lived there was even an instance where she was uh taken advantage of and she was she was raped during one of those relationships and maybe the reason why she was in these relationships with older men was because of what had happened with her and her father maybe this is the type of father daughter relationship that she had been like searching for um that she never got fulfilled in her life or whatever So she's dating these older men. But when Rosemary was 15, her mother finally had enough of her husband's abuse and took Rosemary to live with one of Daisy's, her mom's adult daughters, and that daughter's husband. Rosemary started spending even more time with male companions during this. Later that same year, she actually even moved back in with her father. Her mom let her do that. Not long afterwards, she met Fred West, who was 12 years her senior. So Rosemary's father actually really did not like Fred and he objected to her seeing him even went to the trailer park where Fred lived with his two daughters and threatened him while Fred did several stints in jail for theft and also failure to pay his fines for previous offenses. Rosemary became pregnant with his child, a girl named Heather and took care of his children along with her own because she had like some temper issues and her resentment about caring Four children that were not hers. She often treated her quote unquote stepdaughters very poorly. 
In the summer of 1971, Rosemary apparently snapped completely and killed Charmaine, who was Fred's adopted daughter from his first marriage. Remember, that's the one that they had to like yeah. write back, yeah, and say uh, they adopted dead, or whatever. But not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. She severed the fingers and toes of the body, and Fred buried it under their kitchen floor. Oh, my God. Right? This is the first time we're seeing Rosemary get in on the killing action. I wonder if that's what drew her to Fred or if, like, uh, Candyman-type situation where just two horrible people accidentally found each other, you know? Like, did she know about this? Uh, Did she know he was a murderer and then she also snapped and was a murderer? Or did... Did she not know? And it's just like merely coincidental that they um, found each other. You know, I I think it sounds a lot like, you know, she was abused by her father and sounds like not treated super great by her mother. And I don't know. I don't know much about Fred's like disposition. Like, was he charismatic like the Candyman killer? Was he somebody usually serial killers are? Like, was he one of those people that just had a good way of like manipulating others and if he gave her the feel of like the daddy issues she's trying to get rid of I mean it would make sense that that's where she would head to and then also once she realized like oh he's cool with the temper stuff she's like you know balls to the walls like here we go yeah in August of 1971 his first wife disappeared when she came looking for Charmaine so she came, she came to check mm-hmm. in on her kid. I guess, what is this, five freaking years later after she just like, <laughs> right. left her there? Like, oh, let's see how she is now that she's 12. But then she went mysteriously missing. Because her body was found to have its fingers and toes cut off, when it was discovered, Fred was suspected to have been the killer. Because apparently that was his thing. So he he helped Rosemary cut off his daughter's fingers and toes. And then going forward, they think that you can identify the difference between Rosemary's kills and Fred's kills because he, yeah, severed their phalanges. I don't understand mm-hmm. why. Maybe maybe was that the only way that you could do DNA back then? Or like, you Probably, know, like evidence? Probably, like fingerprints, right. Would we mm-hmm. want, they would be like fingerprints and, prints and teeth, I'm sure. Maybe teeth weren't a thing. Yeah. Maybe. Though Rosemary and Fred wed in January of 1972, Fred encouraged her to have sex with other men, both for money and for fun, and often watched her through peepholes. He also took erotic photos of her and posted them in Swingers magazines as ads for prostitution. So again, he's asking her to be a sex worker. He wants to profit off of said sex work, both sexually by watching and then, I guess, financially. Yeah. So in June of 72, so about six months later, they had a daughter together, Mae West. In order to make room for their expanding family and business, they moved to 25 Cromwell Street. This is where they're going to stay for the remainder of their lives together, okay? So it's 25 Cromwell Street where they carried out however many rapes and murders went on in that house. In my personal opinion, we'll never know how many. Rosemary continued working as a sex worker from their home in a room filled with peepholes for Fred to use and a red light outside that would be lit to tell the children not to enter. 
which okay Oof. that okay but at least they told the kids not to enter because i was worried about that personally i was like oh my gosh like, are, these are the kids just hanging out yeah with peepholes all over the place like i'm what you do in the privacy of your own house like i'm i have sexual relations with my husband in the same house that my child is in a lot mm. mm-hmm. we do child that abuse. <laughs> but she's not in the room. Don't say it's child abuse. That's awful. No, but she's no, not. Oh no, no, no! It's not. No, it's, that is completely normal. Yes, that is what yes. a lot of people do. Everybody but bringing in that. whose kids are gone long enough where you can actually have like uh, kids are always here. Kids are always yeah. here. They they live with me and you right. and you right. and you. Yeah. Like if you have a child, they're with you for like they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna wait until the 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 two hours every every three weeks that they go to grandma's? Like, right. I mean, maybe, but also okay. But I was really concerned about the peephole thing because I was like, you know, we we make sure that we lock doors and that you know Aurora's distracted or she's asleep or you know she's across the street or like what you know what I'm saying? Like, I just I feel awkward talking about this in general, but like essentially, like there aren't peepholes all over the house where my child can like right, and she's not like watching, and that's yes. different. Like, and all, yes. but also like your Roberto's not watching you have sex with other people yes. either. Like, and- there's just a lot happening, and like if you're a sex worker, I'm not saying like everybody does what they their own jobs you know if you're if this is a consensual thing and you're you know you're not being forced into it but like i would hope that you that's not a thing for children there's not a thing for kids to be around yes exactly so i was i was happy to hear like as as like sickened as I was like to hear oh they had to have a red light outside to tell the kids not to come in I was like well at least I knew the kids weren't in you know that like made me I don't think very much of the west they're scum of the earth humans they're worse than scum of the earth humans they're like the worst of the worst but this made me like at least be like okay but over the following years Rosemary gave birth to seven more children of which three were fathered by Fred. So what does this make her have? Eight kids. Three were fathered by Fred. But how do they know? How many kids she had? No, how many were fathered by him? Uh, Because, I don't know, I guess Fred told them. And because um, one was rumored to have been conceived by Rosemary and her own father, who Mm. they they kept doing incestual things um, even after she gave birth to children and, like, you know, was married and right, all right, sorts right. of stuff. And three were fathered by her clients. And I think that we know the three were fathered by her clients because they were also um, biracial children. Maybe that's what it was. I mean, maybe because yes. I'm like, if you're, if you have a constant revolving door of clients coming in and out of your house, like, how are you able to say like, this is this one and this is that one. But I guess if there was, if they were of a different ethnicity, then. Then that, that kind would of, make sense. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's what I had read at least. So yeah, least, for sure three were fathered by her clients. So seven kids, a lot of eight children. That's a lot of children, plus his two Ooh, girls. So yeah. what is that? Well, one, so, right? Ten? Oh no, two, because the third was the one he, so they killed one. And then he had two that were. Oh yeah, because one's. So then he's one, only got one now. Okay, so there's only nine kids, not 10. Come on, nine kids, you're fine. Don't easy worry about it. Ten kids, get out of here. Nine, easy peasy. Easy street. Right. Oh, my goodness. 
It's a lot All of right. children. It's a lot of children. So in October of 1972, Fred and Rosemary hired a young woman. Aww. Her name was Caroline Owens to work for them as a nanny for their children. They kept making sexual advances on her, but she declined them every time. One night in December, after they both unsuccessfully tried to seduce her, she tried to leave, only to be held captive overnight. When Fred threatened to let some of his friends have her, and then he would kill her, she complied. The next day, she was released. Though she pressed charges, Fred was able to convince the court that the acts she was forced into have been consensual, so he and Rosemary were instead only fined $50 for indecent assault. If it was consensual, then why would they have gotten an assault charge? Just because she pressed charges? Like, that to me, that I forgot to look more into that, but that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. If they were like, no, that's not what happened, then what, what is indecent assault? What does that mean? So the definition of indecent assault is sexual assault that does not involve rape. So but they said that she was consensual. So is it consensual or was it indecent assault? Which the fuck is it? Like there it's not both, right? So this is my this is my assumption just based on reading this definition is like, okay, so the times that you were seducing her and she was like, no, 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 no. Now he's saying, but then she finally said yes. So like those times we're saying were were indecent assault. But when you raped her but you're telling the courts it's consensual, that is considered fine. Cause it's, cause you're saying she says it, she said yes, mm. which she did comply, but she complied because she was being held against her will. So like, that's not compliance folks. Yeah. This is the seventies for you, right? All women are wrong. Ugh. This man is right. Disgusting. She didn't get raped. It's her This fault. is also the same. She man shouldn't have who... worn a short skirt. That right. was on her. She shouldn't have nannied their children. Yes, she should have known Took care of their small children. This is the same man who at 19 raped a 13-year-old, and they said, you can't go to jail because you have seizures. So this man must be extremely careful. Oh, yeah. Did they not open his file? Right. They weren't like, this man's been to jail a couple times for, like, petty thefts and, like, not paying his stuff. And he has, like, this other rape charge from a couple years. What? Just quite the rap sheet. So it's not like, but also, this is, like, what, early 70s, late 70s? Early 70s. Maybe it's not all digitized, so then they well, have to Well, it's definitely like, not the digitized. They're probably yeah. going to have to go from file to file. Like, which, Ugh, I mean, yeah. and if you're able, who was it? The, um... The poison lady, Lydia Sherman. Oh, yeah. Who, she like, just, she just traveled move, like, from town to town and then, like, yeah. killed the she, next family. She moved, like, one street over and was like, right. hi, I'm the new Lydia. <laughs> new That's new true. street, new me. I'm yeah, ready. Exactly. I'm ready to poison someone else. So it was probably just, like, they saw him as, like, an upstanding member of society. And they were like, okay, well, he must be telling the truth. Don't believe that woman who's clearly telling you it was held against my will. That would be crazy. I can't talk about it anymore. I just, I'm done. This episode's over. I'm leaving. <laughs> no. I know. No, we, oh. we are getting towards the end of, of, of this. Uh, it's but, about yeah. to just, just spiral into just an oblivion. So over the next six years, they killed at least eight young women who made their way to 25 Cromwell Street as lodgers or employees together. 
The first was Linda Go, a seamstress that the Wests knew personally. The next, her name was Carol Ann Cooper. She disappeared while walking home from a movie theater. This is sounding very Candyman. In December, Lucy Catherine Partington disappeared from a bus stop while she was on her way home after Christmas. She was murdered by Fred and Rosemary, who abducted her, held her captive for over a week. This was around New Year's. He, they raped, tortured, and then killed her. On January 3rd, Fred was treated for a laceration, which is to believe to have been inflicted when he dismembered Lucy Catherine Partington. From 1974 to 1979, there were five more women. Therese Segenthaler, Shirley Hubbard, Juanita Marion Mott, Shirley Ann Robinson, and Allison Chambers met the same fate. It's unknown if the Wests killed more over the following years. If they did, the bodies weren't buried on their property. So all of these women were found on the property of 25 Cromwell Street. Some of the girls are known to have been abducted, raped, and then released. Fred disposed of the victims by burying them under the garage of the house or in the garden. To cover up the frequent burials, he pretended to be doing regular home improvements. And in order to afford the supplies that he needed, he frequently stole and fenced the loot. So he would steal things and then he would like pawn it. Even though he was often brought to the police's attention for this reason, his killings went unnoticed because they're like, this guy just steals stuff. When in fact, he was stealing stuff to cover up the fact that he's killing people. While committing murders, Fred also sexually abused Anne-Marie West, his daughter from his relationship with Rena Costello. She that's eventually- his actual biological daughter. That's too. his daughter, right. Yeah, so, like actual biological his, daughter. Right, right people have children that are they don't biologically carry but that's like his that's his own like that's incest this is yes. going back to yes not that the other ones it should be considered incest no matter what you don't it, sleep it, with people that you are well, parenting exactly just, exactly because he was he was the par parental figure right. regardless uh right. for charmian so like it's still it's still but this one is physically like fruit of his looms so she became pregnant but the pregnancy had to be terminated. When she left home, he started abusing Heather West, who was conceived by Rosemary and possibly Rosemary's father. So he's raising this girl, but the, she's possibly the daughter, rumored to be the daughter of Rosemary and Rosemary's dad. And one of his own daughters, Mae West. A lot of, it's just, I'm, I'm guessing like victims are not coming around as much anymore. And so he's like, well, here we go. This is what, this is where, this is what I have to deal with, which is disgusting. The couple came close to being exposed in 1986. You guys, this is in my lifetime. Like, <laughs> this is starting to be current. Like, and I know it feels like the 60s was so long ago, but like they're doing this over the span of like 20 years. Like, this is just like an insane amount of time. So well, Heather- Technically before then, cause wasn't yeah. he, didn't, didn't he start his like sexual abuse in like the late, late 50s? At the age of like nineteen, oh, it would have been 19, in the fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah I because guess. he was born That's in like forty-one. Started. Yeah, yeah, he was born in forty-one plus a plus plus some numbers and math. Math. There it goes. Uh, yeah. At, either way, not okay that he's now turning to his own children or the children that he's parenting. It's disgusting. The couple came close to being exposed in nineteen eighty-six when Heather told her friends about the abuse that she had suffered. In June of the next year, 
Fred and Rosemary strangled her to death to silence her. She was then dismembered and buried in the garden. So this is the second or third daughter that they've killed. I think second. Officially. Cool. Yeah, that's great. It's really great. And they had what, nine, ten, ten total? Ten, ten kids total. But ten some, kids total, one died some were before. Boys. Oh, some were boys. Okay. Congrats, boys. You're in the clear. I guess. I don't know. And nobody's in the clear. The Wests were finally exposed in May of 1992 when Fred videotaped himself raping one of his daughters. 92! That's like not that long ago. What is it? 2022 now? That's what? 30 years ago? That's not that long. It's not. Look at that math. Did you see that? Yeah, that was good. It was really good. That's only because they were both in it, too. When their daughters told her friends, one of them reported the West to the police, and the investigating officer had heard of Fred while he was in a relationship with Rena Costello. So this is like several, several years ago. Um, You know, Rena's been gone for a while. When another girl raped by Fred came forward, the police obtained a search warrant. And in August, they searched the house for evidence of child abuse. Fred was arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor, and Mary and Rosemary was arrested as an accomplice. Come on. She's not just an accomplice. When they were being processed, their young children were placed in the care of the government, which was probably for the best and where they should have stayed. Yeah. While Fred was in custody, Rosemary became depressed and even attempted suicide once, but was saved by one of her sons. Unfortunately, the rape case fell apart when the victims backed out. And meanwhile, the investigating officer became increasingly suspicious of the West's past, the disappearance of Heather, and the results of the interviews from the West children. Especially the detail that they had been threatened by Fred, that they would be buried under the patio like Heather. She was able to obtain another search warrant to have the property dug up, and the task was simplified when Fred confessed to Heather's murder in custody. When human bones started cropping up, Fred confessed to have committed the murders alone in order to protect Rosemary. However, he would not admit to raping any of his victims, saying that they wanted to have sex with him. That ain't real. That's not not a real thing. Seeking to protect herself, Rosemary cut off all contact with her husband. On December 13th, 1994, Fred West was charged with a dozen counts of murder. On New Year's Day, he hanged himself in a cell in Winston Green Prison with a knotted bedsheet. His body was cremated and his funeral unattended except for five of his children. Rosemary was also put on trial, first for the rape, but then the murder as well. She never confessed to any murders and the evidence against her was super circumstantial. Like there, it was a lot of it was pointing towards Fred and because they were married, it just kind of seemed like, well, she's connected, but they don't, she's saying she's not connected and also women it's harder for or it might not be harder but i i feel like it's harder for women to get convicted for like a uh, sexual assault crimes um it's just it's like even though it's hard for men to get yeah. convicted i feel like people just don't believe that women can also sexually assault others it's like which it's is like, not true yeah they and i hate that can. you yeah. definitely can and you shouldn't i'm not saying all right ladies get to the assaulting but I think it I think it happens not as much, but I do think it happens and but nobody talks about it. And if it's if especially if it's a woman sexually assaulting a man, mm-hmm. well, because you're a man, you're not supposed to what say anything? That's bullshit. 
like yeah or you should have been able to defend yourself or right. blah 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 blah, which, blah. Is, which is the same thing that women go through when when they say that they they're victims of sexual assault as well like um but yeah i just think in general like it doesn't make sense but it makes sense especially for the rape sure. charge that she wasn't like um right they're not going and i mean even still yes this was like 30 about like 28 years ago at this point because it's like 1994 we you know mm-hmm. we've come a long way in in those 30 years not and they where probably we- didn't have a lot of women serial killers um, right in the 90s yeah. yeah maybe not i mean they did but it, i just don't think it was like as something course, that you would have yeah. just jumped you know thought yeah. about yeah because right. women are less known to be serial killers and we're we're known to poison people um it, right. and uh not known to actually like brutally murder type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So an important witness revealed that Fred had told her, so this told the witness that Rosemary had been involved in the murders and even killed Charmaine West and Shirley Robinson on her own. On November 22nd, 1995, Rosemary was found guilty of 10 of the murders and sentenced to life in prison and she will never be released. Though she maintains that she is still innocent, she announced in 2001 that she will not try to appeal her conviction. So she's like, I'm innocent, but I'm just going to sit in here, which seems like, okay. (laughs) She's not innocent, everyone. I wasn't there, but I'm going to say she's not innocent. Like we like to do in cases like similar to Candyman, where we're dealing with so many victims, the Cleveland Strangler, we really want to sum up the known victims and kind of go through the timeline and kind of make sure that they're getting there. They're deserved, but undeserved spotlight, I guess. It's not, nobody deserves to be in the spotlight of somebody's victim list. All right, so let's go through the list of victims that we have. So ones that were given kind of like an unspecified date. Uh, So we don't really know when they were murdered. We just know that they were. Catherine Raina Costello, that was Fred's first wife, and she was assaulted by Fred. John McLaughlin, he was Catherine's lover. His stomach was grazed with a knife by Fred. Also an unspecified date. On November 4th, 1965, Michael O'Keefe, he was four. He was the child that was accidentally run over by Fred in the ice cream truck. July 1967, Anna McFall, she was 18, killed and dismembered by Fred alone, was pregnant at the time of her death, presumably removed her fetus from the womb postmortem, and her body was found on June 7th, 1994. That's the nanny by the way. That's their nanny. Right. Her name was Anna Mick. She was only 18. She was only 18. And mm-hmm. he was not. He was significantly older than that at that time. July, January 5th, 1968, Mary Bathslam. She was 15, possibly suspected to have been killed by Fred alone. So we jump forward just a few years. June 20th, somewhere between June 20th and June 24th of 1971, Charmaine West, she was eight years old. She was Fred's daughter from his first marriage. In 1973, there are three separate murders of three separate women. April 19th, Linda Goh, she was 19. November 10th, Carol Ann Cooper, she was 15. December 27th, Lucy Catherine Parrington, she was 21. And then in 1974, there were two more victims. April 15th, Teresa Senglenthaler, she was 21. And November 14th, Shirley Hubbard, she was 15. On April 12th, 1975, Juanita Marion Mott, she was 18. May 10th, 1978, Shirley Ann Robinson, she was 18. 
August 5th, 1979, Allison Chambers, she was 16. June 1987, Heather Ann West, she was the daughter of Rosemary and possibly her own father. She was choked, strangled with a pair of stockings and dismembered. It's heavy yeah, to go through those lists. Yeah, it's heavy, it but it's it's important for us as true crime kind of podcasters that we, you know, not only talk about the case that's happening, but also the victims who deserve kind of like to be named and remembered and not just kind of nameless, faceless victims. Exactly. Exactly. And after eight, after 1987, we don't have any known victims, but I personally like just to sum up the case, cause now we're at the end of our episode, but just to sum up the case, like I, I don't think that those are all the people that were murdered at this couple's hands. That's not how serial killers work. They normally don't right. stop killing until they're incarcerated or they die. I mean, right. sometimes there is like a big cooling down period and stuff, yeah. but you're telling me, I mean, even some of these, like one, like um, Allison Chambers, she, she was murdered in 1979. And then the next murder wasn't until 1987. I just, I find it very hard to believe that we know all of their victims at this point in time. No way. There's no way. And I think even with like the Cleveland Strangler and like the Candyman killer, there's a lot of victims we don't know about. And I think either they got really smart or they just stopped killing them in their home because they were running out of space to put bodies. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel I just, like it was the same issue with Candyman where he was burying them in that boat shed and then like you kind of run out of space and like, where are you going to put other people? I know that they have to dispose of these dead bodies somewhere, right? It just really disgusts me that they're doing it at their own homes. I don't know. That's like me not using the trash can and just letting my food rot all over my house. It's got to be very, um, it it just sounds uh, very unhygienic. Uh, It sounds smelly. Um, It sounds like you would have like maggots and stuff. Like, oh, like it, I just... Yeah, I, that's another thing that I'll never get to. I'm saying if I'm killing somebody and I'm going to put their body somewhere, it's not going to be on my property. And how are you okay with just all these dead people that you murdered just being, like, hanging out? Yeah. Like, I'm not okay with killing anyone, but, like, if I killed somebody, I don't know that I would want, like, a remembrance of them, like, under my rose bush. Like, I just don't know that I want that. I wonder if it's good fertilizer, you know, oh, you said under a rose bush, um, yeah. but still, it's just ugh. their house on Cromwell Street. Speaking of their house that they buried people in and under um, was completely destroyed, to which I say that's amazing. It also makes me think of what happened to this Cleveland Strangler house. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I hope that they, I, they built a memorial on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the case, but uh, with this one in particular, but I hope that they laid some of these victims to rest in peace somewhere before these, before that. But just in general, like it's comforting to know that that house was completely destroyed. Like it's gone. It doesn't have that energy anymore. I wonder what's there. Getting that house. Yeah. I wonder what's on top of it. Hopefully it's like a, yeah, like a cemetery where people do, it's their final resting days or something like that. But if it's like a, like an apartment complex or something, that's just bad juju. That's asking for some bad luck right there. Just some really bad luck. Another question that I have is like, why? I I don't come. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
I I just I don't understand why they started. I mean, I guess it's the same reason why anybody starts. I guess it's all the head trauma and the abuse as a child um, growing up. So much abuse. So it, much on both ends. Like, yes. So it's like, it's hard because I don't ever want to say like, oh, I feel bad for Fred and Rosemary West. But like, these people were not given a good deal. From the beginning, they were taught like, rape is okay. You touch people when you want, you take what you want, you do what you want. And it's all about like, you're, you want to be the most powerful being in the room. That is a really devastatingly terrifying way to, to raise children. The more that we've gotten into this, the more I realize that, uh, all killers, not all killers, but all killers and like all, all like, uh, not bad people, but all bad people are like people with mental illnesses. Like there's something like there's something chemically wrong in their, their brains, whether that has been shaped from like their childhood and stuff, which I used to think that that was like a bunch of mumbo jumbo and stuff, but you know, raising your own kids, you kind of get more into that thing. You don't want to, you, you, you take a look at what happened in your childhood or the things that you would have changed or the things that you wouldn't have changed. Let's say you were always skipping on daisies and like, you know, flying on unicorns in your childhood. You just had the most amazing time ever. You like, you take notes and you, you want that for your kid as well. It's hard to stomach that it's very nature versus nurture. Right. Which I, I, I believe in both. Yeah. But uh, this is definitely a lot of nurture issues, too. For sure. 100%. And I agree with that completely. I don't think that all people that were abused as children grow up to be serial killers. But I do see the correlation between that. I think that... But their brains are probably wired a little bit differently after that, for sure, in certain ways, shape or form, regardless of how that makes them act. Again, because it doesn't make it doesn't make them a serial killer or like a bad person or like it doesn't make anybody anything. But also, yeah, I think it 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 wires your brain differently. Well, and like as somebody who, you know, has I've talked about it on the podcast before I talk about it on my, you know, like my on social media, but like I struggle with like mental health. A lot. And like, also, I've definitely been in periods of my life where like, I've known that I needed to like talk to somebody. But do you know how fucking hard it is to get a hold of somebody in the mental health field? Like, almost impossible. So you either have to have like a ridiculous amount of money, some sort of a connection, or like some sort of resource or help that's going to help you get to where you need to be. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm not saying that it's always like, that will always lead to somebody being like a serial killer, but there are enough barriers and roadblocks that cause issues that like, if you're already facing that as like a kind of like a decent member of society, forget it if you've been dealt a hand of like horrific childhood plus abuse, plus head injury, plus all these other things. Like, I mean, and this was in 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, this is in a time when it was even worse. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. And it's, so I'm not saying, like, oh, it's super okay that you're doing these things. But also, like, you've had some pretty severe head injuries. Your father, mother, potentially. You've been introduced to bestiality. Like, that messes with a person's ability to succeed in society. Yeah. And then you've got Rosemary coming up from the other side who's been dealt just as bad of a hand 
is still in an abusive relationship with her father after she gets married, after she moves out of the house. Her mother kind of up and leaves. Plus, she deals with depression. She's got some mental health issues already on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then she's with a man who she looks to for, like, guidance as, like, a father figure. And he's an abusive, murdering psychopath. Like, I never want to hear about these people again so long <laughs> as I live. So, like... One more thing, though. 25 Cromwell Street is now just a path with trees. And, like, it's like a walking path now. I did oh, look it up while we were talking. So that's kind that of nice. That makes me happy. That's yeah. nice. Nobody can live there. And, like, it's nice. You know, it's like a nice, peaceful place to be. If you live nearby... You should. Yes, I would love to see. You should. One, that would be amazing. We'd love to see actual photos of it. And two, you should just go and take some really loving, positive vibes along with you and just, you know, for the victims and just, Mm -hmm. yeah, do that for us, please. If you live close, just, just, you know, give yourself a little Uh, walk over there to, to, to honor those, those women because. Yeah. It makes me happy that it's a walking path, though. Me like too. That, it's that kind feels... of like a memorial, you know? Like, they but they did that one with this Cleveland Strangler house. It's now a memorial. And, like, yeah. there's just something closure about that that I really like. Well, at least there's not, like, a business. So I just, man. Right, putting... it's not like a Target. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just, I don't know, a nut or a hotel or, like, an apartment yeah. complex where there could just be a lot of bad juju going forward, you know? Like, how we used to just pave over Indian burial yeah. grounds and then yeah. wonder why everybody like went psycho inside those buildings. Like what's happening? This is so weird, you know, like right. get out of here. But um, yeah, I think, I think that's it you guys. So killing off your own daughters or even your own children that you take care of on a daily basis. It's a no for me. It's no, also thanks. a no for you. Don't do it. If we're going to be friends, you cannot, you cannot do that. Okay. Um, and we are friends here. So I'm telling you right now, I'm going to call like, that a okay. deal breaker. Exactly. But, but really and truly just like blanket statement, mental health is really important. If you need to talk to somebody, you need to talk to somebody. If you know somebody that is like displaying yeah. some, yeah, like, like take, take things seriously. Listen to your spidey senses. Look out for yourself. Look out for others. Um, next time when we come back together, uh, it will be a tiny bit of a palate cleanser, but not exactly because it's a parenting chat where we're going over our fertility stories. And you guys know how involved and in-depth fertility stories can be. Um, and mine in particular does involve like a loss. Um, so like a lot of loss. So I just, I don't want to say that it's a palate cleanser. Cause right. It's not going to be a light and fun episode, but yeah. it is something that is super important to Z and I. Yes. It's something that I think gets shoved under the rug a lot because it's uncomfy to talk about, but it's so important. And a lot of people go through it and there's a lot of different ways to experience it. So we want to kind of share our stories and we're hoping that that opens up some conversation with some of you all as well. So if you're into that and you're interested, come back for that episode and hang out with us again. Yes. So we hope to see you there and you know where to find us in the meantime. So we'll, yep. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.